What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Final Pick Podcast. I'm your host, Zachary, and I'm here with my co-host. What's up, guys? It's Van. And it's been a while. It's been a couple weeks. Uh, we've had some scheduling errors, not being able to put out some podcasts, but we're here. We are back. And yesterday was the NFL trade deadline. And for once, it was a pretty good trade deadline. Not just the entire past week or two. It's been a lot of trades, a lot of fun. Typically, the NFL trade deadline isn't as good as some of the other leagues. But this year, it's definitely putting a high standard for the rest of the leagues to live up to. And you got something to say? I do have something to say about that. Uh, I was talking about it yesterday. Um, I think the NFL with the GMs and the front offices are evolving, getting a little bit younger um, because it's a very back, – back in those trade deadlines and back in those uh, off seasons, you'd hear a lot of bullshit. Like you'd hear a lot of chatter and it wouldn't happen. Now when you hear chatter, it's actually happening. Uh, 20 trades this uh, this trade deadline, which is unheard of for a trade deadline. And last offseason was the craziest offseason of all time, most likely. Um you can just tell that the NFL front offices are evolving and, and they're getting younger and they're, they're willing to talk about everything and anything and everything. Yeah. And it's 20 players that's been traded throughout the in season, not necessarily 20 trades, mm-hmm. but also I just think it's kind of more a fact that, you know, you kind of learn by example, the Rams last year, they went to Super Bowl and they were very aggressive. They basically said, fuck the picks. We don't count the picks. We want to go get the players. We want to go get Matt Stafford. We want to go get Von Miller. Uh, you can go back to get Jalen Ramsey a couple years ago. Like, <laughs> they don't That's care right. about the picks. And I think people are being more aggressive. You know, teams are becoming more willing to sell because teams are more willing to buy these players. And I think that's going to lead to a lot more in-season trades than before. Yeah, no, from what also, I'm hearing, though, it sounds like the Rams tried to do it again. Uh, I heard they offered two first-round picks. I'm, I'm, I heard something was like 2028 because they don't have a first-round pick for the next five years. I don't know if they're allowed to do that, but that, that's not. That's not true. They have a, they don't have first round pick this year. They have the next two first round picks. Why do they just be lying on TikTok? It said yeah. Rams offer two first round picks and they don't have a first round pick for the next five years. Like they're just lying, blatant. Okay, well you they should offer- trust TikTok. Yeah, I know, uh, but it, like sometimes you don't have time to look at everything, so you just scroll through TikTok and it updates you, and that's what you think is in your head. So, but I heard they offer two first round picks and Cam Akers for Brian Burns. I think the Panthers are kind of stupid for not accepting that, but I mean that's their choice. I mean, it's a good it's good value for Brian Burns, but if you're willing to pay him his extension, which is another thing, right? A lot of teams are buying guys differently. I will, one trade that we'll talk about a little bit, I think uh, a front office didn't value what his potential contract would be, so they're willing to trade him for a first-round pick. We'll talk about him in a little bit, but mm-hmm. I think that has a little bit to do with what some of these trades are happening because teams are looking two, three, four years in advance, not just at the current moment. I agree. Uh, before we get this started, uh, I would like to break news for two things. I wouldn't call them breaking news, but two things. Chuba Hubbard is back at practice, whatever. Uh, okay. And Rodrigo Blankenship has been released on injury settlement. <laughs> I, I don't know why we bring those two up. That That's not <laughs> I thought you liked Lego, man. I was your guy for a little bit. Anyways. He wasn't uh, bad for the Cardinals, was he? The Cardinals, I, th- I don't think he missed a kick. I'm not sure. Yeah, he banged a 50-yarder last week. I was like, why are they cutting him? I didn't know he could hit for 50 yards. Anyways, right. let's start off with probably the biggest name player to get traded. This happened about two weeks ago, but Christian McCaffrey got traded from the Carolina Panthers 
to the San Francisco 49ers. And I forget the exact trade package. I think it was I, I know it was second round pick this year. Was it third round pick it next year? And then a couple other late round picks. It was, it was so, one, it was two, three, four, five. Two, three, four, five. Mm-hmm. And then it was within sometime within two years. It wasn't all this year. Yes. But Christian McCaffrey, one of the best running backs in football. And it's it was it's a beautiful fit to see in San Francisco. San Francisco has one of, if not really the best running scheme in the NFL. And to add a dynamic player like Christian McCaffrey, who not only is one of the best runners, one of the best receivers really in general, like it's just a beautiful fit. He's only played he's played two games for them. First game he was somewhat limited. He didn't play a lot of snaps, still looked good. And then last week, I mean he threw for a touchdown, ran for a touchdown, caught a touchdown uh, in his first full game with the team, right? And, I mean, fantasy doesn't matter in real life. We had 40 fantasy points in one full game with the same score Niners. Now, I don't think he's going to be passing for many more touchdowns this year, but it, he's already playing over 87 snaps. He's a big part of what they want to do. And we know he has a bit of the injury history. Now, in my opinion, some of his past injuries are kind of more freak injuries than nagging injuries that he's had throughout his career. But if he can stay healthy and take this workload, I mean, the NFL is wide open this year. I think there's a pretty consensus. I'll talk NFC wise because that's where San Francisco is. I think there's a pretty consensus number one team in the NFC. I still would say it's wide open for who can Mm -hmm. win the NFC this year. And San Francisco goes all in, and I like it. So initially, uh, before the freak game, uh, I, I thought I thought the Niners paid a little too much. Uh, a two, three, four, five for a running back sounds a little Ricky Williams ish, and I, I was just like, I mean, they already didn't have their first. It was it was to the Dolphins, which is now on the Broncos. We'll talk about that later. But a two, three, four, five for a running back, no matter the caliber, kind of seems like a lot. But after watching that last game, it, it shows how they're going to use them. Uh, they made a trade also the trade deadline just to show how much they're going to use them. So um, I, I can't hate on it as, as especially after that type of game, but it is a lot to pay for that, that type of position. Yeah. I think Christian McCaffrey's a rare thing where like, let's say that you just don't want to play a running back. He's mm-hmm. still one, like not one of the absolute best, but if you're starting him at wide receiver, you're completely absolute, fine. I'm saying like if you're putting him as a true number one receiver, oh, but he's, yeah. but he is one of the better just receivers generally in the NFL. Like if you had lined him up as a wide receiver and never give a snap or running back, you're comfortable with it, right? Like he is that type be. of athlete, so it's worth giving up that that type of picks. I mean, you're not going to trade like a first round pick for a running back these days. It's just not going to happen. You're not going to get that type of Herschel Walker type package either. That, but mm. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is kind of really a um, a very unique player. And he just fits into that offense perfectly. I agree. I agree. I agree on the fit, the price. I, I believe they would have given a first if they had it. They just didn't have it. Like they, they seem like they said take everything. They didn't care about them picks. But I've seen that before. But for a running back, just blows my mind. But it, it, hey, it ended up working out. Obviously, they, he went. He went out there and beat the Rams by himself. He was. A, he was twenty. Twenty one of the points. <laughs> Was uh, the last running back trade for a first round pick? Was it Trent Richardson? Was Trent Richardson traded for a first round pick? He was from the Browns to the Colts. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, that's just a, that's just some poverty franchise stuff. I don't know. 
anyways, let's go on to another poverty franchise. Um, the Dolphins. <laughs> nah, I'd say because he's always fan. But uh, the Dolphins uh, received Bradley Chubb from the Denver Broncos. I was kind of hinting earlier where I feel like this could be a situation that Bradley Chubb was traded because of the future. Mm-hmm. I think that the Broncos, I think I also had a little bit to do with the fact that Randy Gregory, they paid a huge contract to last offseason. And they have some upcomers like uh, Browning. Browning Browning is a beast. He is. And I think that kind of do with this decision, but they got a first-round pick. Obviously, they had no first-round pick due to the Russell Wilson trade. So they got a first-round pick for Bradley Chubb. And the Dolphins get a really good edge rusher. He has five and a half sacks throughout the year so far. And that's kind of a big weakness for the Dolphins so far this year to add him to the other side of Jalen Phillips, Mayo Agba still there. That's going to definitely help the pass rushing group. Um, as a Dolphins fan, it, it, it is for sure what we needed. Um, and I am happy with it. I think I think him across from Jalen Phillips, um, Emmanuel Ogba has proven he's not a three down guy. He's not he, he doesn't have the, the the stamina for that. But having Bradley Chubb kind of take over his role on plays, having both in at sometimes, I think it'll definitely help. Um, the the only concern for Bradley Chubb, we've, he's proven this over the last four years. He's been in the NFL. He has to stay healthy. And when he is healthy, he's a top five edge rusher. But he, he needs to stay healthy. But I'm excited for it on that standpoint. Um, it is a first-round pick at the end of the day. It is $20 million in cap at the end of the day. Um, I think we won that trade. But uh, it, it I need to see some, some playing before I can be completely happy with it. But I am happy as far as the Dolphins really gave up nothing player-wise and just added this Pro Bowl, to, Pro Bowl caliber edge rusher. So – uh, and in that trade was also Chase Edmonds, the running back, uh, to make, to make things, to make words nice. He wasn't good. Uh, he, we needed him to be the receiving back. He had stones, he had bricks for hands. The guy, the guy just wasn't what we needed him to be. Uh, and the Broncos who have a history of a pretty bad running back room this season, uh, add another one there. I don't think he's going to be bad there, but I just don't, I don't feel like, I feel like us getting rid of that contract was bigger, uh, a bigger piece than people think. I just want to go back real quick because I want to make sure I heard you right. Did you say Bradley Chubb as a top five edge rusher? Uh, this Did I hear you right? This year he is. I think he's top five in sacks, but I definitely wouldn't no, say he's, he's not. He's, he's, top, he's not top five in sacks. He's top five. He's top three, actually, in uh, pressure percentage rate on pass plays behind Micah Parsons and Miles Garrett. So this year he has proven himself. He's yet to the quarterback. Oh, he, he's definitely had a good year. This is probably his best year, honestly, since his uh, rookie season. I know last year yeah, his rookie he, uh, he, had, he had 12 sacks rookie year. I know last year, I don't really know how much pressure he was getting, but I know he only played seven games. He didn't get a sack throughout the year, mm-hmm. which is, you know, it, it was an injury-riddled year. That's that's kind of been the issue with him. That's, that's, that's been his problem. So hopefully for his sake and for Dolphin's sake, he can be healthy this year. Uh, do you think that uh, anybody on that – Edge rush group between Agba, Chubb, and uh, Phillips. You think they could play at the same time? Can anybody slide inside, or is it always uh, going to be two? If there was to be one inside, it's definitely Agba. He's just got the body type for it. The guy, the guy could take on a guard. The guy could bat down balls. He's proven it before. Um, so yeah, I imagine Agba is going to be in there if they want to do all three of them rushing. That is our best three pass rushers. Um, as far as I, I just don't think Agba is going to be a four down guy. So it's not going to be an every type, every play type thing. Ogba's going to be coming in and out, but Ogba's best when he's fresh. And that's what this trade does. It gets Bradley Chubb probably getting more reps, but it will keep him fresh. 
it'll push Christian Wilkins more into that D tackle role where he's been playing three, four D end kind of this year. Um, but it, it kind of just – what this trade does, basically, Ogbo will still get his playing time, but it pushes out the players like Van Ginkle. Um, I mean, he's decent in coverage, so that's probably what it'll be used for. But it, it, it's going to be definitely a little a little, uh, a little, little weird considering that room wasn't god-awful. Look, I think they're 29th in pressure rate this year, uh, or yeah. pass rush win rate, so that that is pretty bad. Uh, and they got some good players in the secondary. Obviously, uh, Brandon Jones got injured for the year, I believe, so that does take a hit in secondary. But there is some good talent there. Nick Needham. And they also lost um, someone else earlier in the year. Who, I forget who, but he used to have it. Or maybe it was preseason. I remember there's somebody that's playing really good in the corner position. Oh, it was, uh, it was. Yeah, no, he wasn't He wasn't a starter. I know you're he talking about starter, I remember he was playing pretty good. Yeah, he was okay. Troll uh, Williams. Was that who was Troll Williams? Yeah. yeah. But that's enough Dolphins talk. Um I don't That's, think it is actually. We gotta get another trade later. Yeah, you know what? Let's just go ahead and go on to the other <laughs> trade. Just because we don't have to go in order from this list. Uh what was the other trade? It was Jeff Wilson to the Miami Dolphins. Uh we know the San Francisco 49ers loved themselves to Jeff Wilson last year. And McDaniels wants him in Christian McCaffrey to San Francisco. They want to use him as much as possible. They trade a bunch of picks for a reason. And I think Jeff Wilson back in the backfield again with Raheem Boster, I think he'll be a really good fit there. Uh He's going to be able to take a lot of receiving workload that Chase Edmonds just couldn't do. I just couldn't do. It. I just don't think it was a good fit with Chase Edmonds. I think he's done running back just wasn't a good fit there. But Jeff Wilson, I think, will be a good fit. And I think that is going to be a true like one A one B situation there. And he's a good back when healthy. But that's another thing with him when healthy. He doesn't have any okay. health any health problems this year. But like he he's uh, don't get me wrong. I wanted Kareem Hunt. Uh, do I understand why we didn't do it? Uh, it was a fourth-round pick. We didn't have a fourth-round pick. I'm not even sure if he was for trade, even though everybody was supposedly calling about him. Uh, I mean, I just feel like the skill gap from a fourth to a fifth-round pick is pretty decent there. I know you have to pay Kareem Hunt after this year. Jeff Wilson would probably be a minimum type guy. But Jeff Wilson, as far as a running back, he, he averaged 5.1 yards per carry. Um, it, I, I don't necessarily know if we needed a workload running back, so I, I – I, I hope, I, and I haven't seen a lot of them from the receiving game. The most receptions he's had in the game this year is four to three. So um, I want to see how he is in the receiving game, but I'm assuming he's pretty decent if Mike McDaniel is going out there and getting him back to take that Edmonds role. Yeah. All right. Uh, next trade. This was probably the most surprising trade to me. Maybe just because I just haven't heard this name in a while and didn't expect it, but Calvin Ridley to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And this was surprising, but – it does make sense, and I do like the trade. The Jacksonville Jaguars were able to get one of the better receivers in the NFL. You know, when he was playing, you could argue he was close to that top 10, top 15 wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, obviously, he hasn't played in a year and a half due to uh, injuries last year. No, he was dealing with some mental stuff last year. And then this year, he was also suspended for gambling on a Falcons versus Jaguars game, which, full circle, right? Yeah. But I think that when he – does finally uh, get back to the league. Uh, it's going to be a true legit number one wide out for Trevor Lawrence next to your guy, Christian Kirk. And it's going to be, it's going to be, I think a good one, two punch over there. I, I really do like to trade for the Jaguars. No, I, I love the trade for the Jaguars because it's, uh, it's high reward, low risk. They really didn't put anything out there. It's a conditional second round pick. It will be a second round pick because unless he just doesn't play again. Um, but there's no loss to that. You get Calvin Ridley, 
Um, a guy that's proven that he could be a wide receiver one on any team. Um, top five, I wouldn't say that. I mean, he, he did have that's Matt top Ryan. Five. He, he did have Matt Ryan, the best quarterback in the NFL. So, uh, <laughs> but uh, Calvin Ridley, no, no loss in that. You're just helping Trevor Lawrence, and that's exactly what I said at the beginning of the offseason last year is what they needed to do. Christian Kirk looks good in that wide receiver one role. He'll be pushed to wide receiver two, and they'll have they'll have Zay Jones and um, they have another decent player there. Uh, Marvin Jones. Yeah, Zay Jones and Marvin Jones. I don't know if Marvin Jones will be there next year. I think he's a free agent, but they'll have one of those guys in the slot, and and, and they look good. They look young. They look like um, they look like they're getting the right the right pieces for Trevor Lawrence. And I think Calvin Ridley is, like I said, high reward, low risk. Yeah, and I mean next year you got to figure out Trevor Lawrence the guy. Obviously, he was one of the highest rated draft prospects in the NFL. Sometime he was higher. Uh, regarded and he looked good the first couple games this year, but it's kind of gone a bit back to the rookie ways. Uh, we just need to see him be more consistent, be just be flat out better. Year three is usually when you can tell if you got the guy or not. And I mean, you got Kyle Ridley next year. Let's figure out if Trevor Lawrence is the guy or not next year. All right, and, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna ask you this real quick. I haven't asked you this uh, since the season started. I know how you felt before the season. This isn't related to the trade deadline. What are your thoughts on Tua Tungavailoa? Two, uh, same thoughts as I had about him before. He don't you don't think he's a franchise guy? Franchise? Um, I don't think he's going to win you a playoff game on his own. If mm-hmm. that makes sense, franchise guy. I mean, and I'm at, I believe you probably think the same way. I think he's going to go out his way and win you a game. It's going to be somewhat of a product of a system. It's not a bad thing. I th- but at the same time, like. If you're in a playoff game, you need to win. Yep. He's not going to go out of his way to duel with the guy to win the game. That I'll disagree with, but we'll get to that. That's not what we're talking about. That yeah, I, I don't know why you just ran me through that then. Because, because you, you said year three, Trevor Lawrence. No, just go ahead. Any, anyways, uh, Roquan Smith got traded to the Baltimore Ravens, and I, I think it's a decent trade. I mean, uh, the Ravens – I mean – it's kind of weird to me that they got Roquan Smith, but I get it. Patrick Queen cannot cover nothing as a linebacker. <laughs> but, I mean, Roquan Smith is one of the best linebackers in the league, uh, arguably top five linebacker in the league. He is going to have to get paid this offseason, though. So let's see what that contract number looks like. But you give up a second-round pick. You're not going to trade a premium draft pick for a linebacker. That's not what's going to happen. So overall, I mean, a solid trade for the Ravens. The Bears get some picks back. Like another trade, I'll just mention right now, they did trade – uh, Robert Quinn uh, a week ago uh, to – where did Robert Quinn go? Why am I here? Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles, that's right. Because I don't think he played last week. I forgot. But that's, that's a big-time trade for the Eagles as well. So the Bears are selling. We knew they were going to sell. Although they did make another trade. We'll get to that in a little bit. But Roquan Smith was second-round pick. Uh, Robert Quinn was also a second-round pick. Or no, fourth-round pick, right? Robert Quinn was a fourth, and Roquan was a second and a fifth. And, and on that Roquan trade, I think there's a very clear-cut winner in that one. I do think it is the Bears. Um, you know what they're trying to do, and as I don't, I'm not saying Roquan Smith isn't necessarily worth a second and a fifth, but if you think about it, the guy r- reportedly turned down a 120 million dollar extension from the Bears, uh, and then got traded for a second and a fifth. I, 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 they have they have gaping holes that they need to do this offseason. The biggest hole, Lamar Jackson needs to get paid. And 
He's not playing bad. He was playing at MVP caliber. He's not really anymore, but he's playing like a starting quarterback. You're going to have to pay him, right? And that hap- has to happen this offseason where you have to franchise tag him. And then you go out and you trade draft capital, uh, a, a decent amount of draft capital, a second-round pick, still a very good pick, for an off-ball linebacker. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it wasn't a need. I'm not saying it's not going to help. Roquan Smith is a top-five linebacker in the NFL, but – I don't see the the necessity there. Uh, your, your necessities really need to be get Lamar on a long-term deal. And they kind of just went out and got a guy that seems like he's on a one-year rental with the Ravens, but eventually they're going to, they're going to, obviously they're going to pay him. So the money's going to be definitely confusing for the Ravens this off season. Um, but I, I just don't think they have their priorities straight. As far as the bears, you know what they're doing. They're rebuilding. They're trying to get younger. Uh, they're trying to get those young pieces. Um, and draft capital, and they and they did that in this trade, and and saved the money they would have to spend on Roquan Smith. I think I would have wished the Ravens would have gone check another receiver to help Lamar more than anything. But I mean, Roquan won't hurt. I mean, defense at least on paper hasn't really played to standard. On paper, it's really good. So you add a linebacker, hopefully add to that. But I just wish they would have gotten another receiver. Shot maybe it's going to be out for multiple weeks. Yeah. Don't really have too much after that. Maybe if they sign like Odell, be no, those not be right till after they sign. going to Baltimore. It could help, but at the same time, that's really my only thing. Maybe get two of Connett, Brandon Cooks, or something like that would have been a preference. Cooks is another expensive option. That's probably what happened with the Cooks trade. Like the the two teams that busted out on getting receivers is the Ravens and the Packers. The Packers tried, from what I heard, they went for Claypool, didn't get him. Uh, that kind of sucks. I heard they offered the same thing, but. Bears are kind of worse than the Packers, in my opinion. That's why they chose their pick. But yeah, yeah, let's talk about it. Claypool let's to talk about uh, it. to the Bears. Um, I I know some people didn't like it. I, I don't necessarily like the value. I don't think he's worth a second round pick. Nah. I mean, if it was a third round pick, I wouldn't be too mad about it. And I do like the fit with Claypool on the Bears. Justin Fields, he's kind of playing himself for third year right now. He's playing well. He's not being asked to do a lot with his arm, but they're kind of playing a bit more like Lamar Jackson type player he's run the ball a lot more and it's working they're winning games he's playing pretty well i think he's earned himself a third year with in the second year with this new resume and i think claypool's going to be a really good fit they got darnell mooney who creates baseball downfield guy and chase claypool he's a contested catch guy he's not going to necessarily create a lot of separation hmm. so if justin fields can you know just give him a shot he's going to come down with it a lot more times than not he's so i do like the fit there and let's let's see how Justin Fields looks. He's got two decent options, not great, but decent options. A lot of people are kind of saying that he had no help. It is some help to go along with him on the offense. So I have an interesting theory about this Claypool trade. Um, as the NFL season goes on, of course, and this is how it all works. This isn't fucking rocket science. Um, defenses evolve with those teams. They know what to look for. It's very obvious that the Bears are better when Justin Fields has the ball in his hands rather than throwing it. Um, so I'm, I'm expecting the Bears to expect a lot of take Justin Fields out of the game, take his legs out of the game, make him beat you with his arm. Luck, uh, bro. Yeah. So there, there's going to be a lot of. I think they expect that. I think they're gonna, they're gonna. There's gonna be a lot of quote unquote fuck it toss ups to Chase Pool, uh, uh, Chase Pool, Chase Claypool. Um, <laughs> and that's how that's how great he is um it's gonna be a lot of toss-ups to chase claypool who's a good contested catch guy like you said um 
I think he's more of a faster tight end, but we're not, that's not for this conversation. Um, as far as a second round pick, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I don't think, I don't think that's what they should. I mean, I'm happy for the Steelers. They got that. Uh, that's what they drafted him at. They got their value back, but he's not worth a second round pick. I'd, I'd give him a third most, maybe a fourth, but um, that, that you could just see what the Bears are doing. You, they're expecting the blitz on Justin Fields. They're expecting the, the, the taking the running aspect out of the game. They're going to make teams are going to make Justin Fields beat him with his arm. And he hasn't proven he could do that yet. So they went and got themselves in a young uh, up, up top guy. Also another thing will happen is they want to run the ball a lot. Chase Claypool's a good run blocker, you know, so that will help with that as well. It's almost like he's a tight end. What's up with you with thinking Notre Dame guys are always out of position? I don't know, man. Kyle Hamilton's a box linebacker. I think I've proven that this far. Um, and he's been playing great at safety. He's been playing okay at safety, and I've seen games where he's lost him the game. Uh, <laughs> week two. But, uh, no. Claypool, he, he, he thinks he's a top three receiver. He's just not point blank, period. Uh, maybe top three receiver. He's top three receiver on the Bears. He is. I will give him that. Yes, him. He's probably second on the Bears behind Mooney. Next trade, we had an in-division trade. TJ Hawkinson yeah. to the Minnesota Vikings. And it's an interesting trade. I think they gave up a lot for TJ Hawkinson. Uh, why they traded him to the Vikings. I think he had to give up more, though, to get him an in-division trade. Uh, but, I mean, it's interesting. I think TJ Hawkinson is a free agent, so that's probably what the Lions were willing to trade him. Probably don't want to sign him to an extension. I'm interested to see what that extension is going to look like. But I like the move for the Vikings for the simple fact that who cares about the picks? The NFC is wide open. You are 6-1, and one, I believe. They are 6-1. Yeah, and one. They, they were looking for another receiver. I know there was a bunch of trade rooms. I think they were trying to get Brandon Cooks. I think they were looking at Jerry Judy, if not mistaken. They were mistaken. looking at Claypool. They were looking at a slot receiver. They're, I'll notice about slot because I think Jefferson's mostly the slot receiver this year. Yeah, he is. But, but they were looking for another receiving uh, weapon. And with Irv Smith now, I think that also had a bit to play into why they got Hawkinson. But that's going to be a good fit. He can block uh, for Dalvin Cook. He's a good receiving option. I think that's just a thing to go all in for the Vikings. Now, I wish they would have maybe got another piece in the secondary, another corner. That would be my one thing if they were to go all in. Maybe try to have gone to William Jackson, who we saw get traded. But overall, I mean, it's a good trade for them in terms of the player. A little overvalued, but I do like the trade. Um, This was a trade I woke up to, and I was very confused by it because it wasn't something I was that was speculated. It just happened. Um, interdivision trade, a good player, a guy that like seemed to be beloved by Lions fans and play and players and coaches, traded to the division rival Vikings. It, it seems a little weird. They gave up a second and a third for him, so I understand why the Lions did it. But that being said, you're gonna have to play this guy for the next ten years, two games a year at minimum. So I don't, I don't really understand the interdivision trades, especially with actual good players. Um, but as far as the value goes, I think Detroit got the right value. A second and a third is great value for a tight end, especially when it's not like a Travis Kelsey or Mark Andrews. He's gonna, he's he's got what George Kittle upside, I'd say. He's a great blocker. He, I mean, he's not the best route runner like like George. He's Kittle. not the receiver that yeah. Kittle is, uh, but he's like in the next tier of guys, right? Like after the Kelsey and the Andrews and the Kittles, he's the next tier after that. 
He's in the he's in the Waller Gesickies. So like more like Waller Goddard type <laughs> here, but no, yeah, no, for sure. But I, I feel like I feel like as far as who won the trade, I would say I would say this was probably the most even trade. I feel like the, the, the Lions got great compensation, and at the end of the day, the Vikings stole one of the better players on the Lions from the Lions. So I don't feel like you could really lose that trade. I mean, with a lot of these trades, it's you can't really call it winner because a lot of these uh, teams are being aggressive, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Tijoxin, if the Vikings don't uh, don't go far in the playoffs, do they really win the trade? I don't know. If, like, for example, the Niners, if they are first-round exit, do they really win the trade? I mean, who knows? I mean, it's Christian McCaffrey, but you get what I'm saying. The mm-hmm. Dolphins, if they are first-round exit, was it worth giving up first-round pick for Riley Chubb? You know, there's a lot of what-ifs, stuff like that. So that's what's going to with all these trades. You be aggressive for a reason. Yep. Especially if you can't work out a long-term contract with them. So <laughs> next next up, you had Kadarius Tony get traded to the Kansas City Chiefs. And this is actually something that they were kind of discussing about before the season started. So it's not it's something that just kind of came out of nowhere. There were discussions about it. I think Tony just needs to be away from the Giants. I think that him being in the Big Apple probably wasn't the best for him. And he gets to go to a situation Can- where Can- uh, ac- actually he's going to Missouri. Missouri, Kansas City. Yeah, it's fucking stupid. Yeah, I know. I know that's how that works, but it gets me every time. Yeah, he's going to Missouri. But I think it's a good fit. Hopefully, his head's on straight it, with Chiefs. And Andy Reid has a pretty good track record uh, bringing guys in and getting to buy into a system and perform at a high level. So, hopefully, that's the case with Tony. He, I mean, he's only in his second year. And we saw last year uh, when he was healthy that he's just got a really good ability with the ball in his hands get open, creating up the catch. So this could be a very good trade for the Chiefs. And they gave up a third-round pick, I believe, for him. So they obviously do value him. Let's just see how quickly he can get himself situated with the Chiefs. Yeah, it's a weird situation. I, I don't have much to say about it. Um, yeah, you could be deadly with Patrick Mahomes. Just need to see uh, before you talk about it. Um, but, yeah, third-round pick. I mean, I feel like it's fine for the Giants. They, they wasted a, four, a first on it. The guy had a few flashy games, then started punching people at the end of them. Um, but no, I think it could it could definitely be dangerous, a dangerous fit on the Chiefs, especially with the best arm in the game, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, I don't. He's not necessarily a deep threat type guy, but just sort of get open and immediate, right? Hidden next to Juju, you still have uh, Marcus Valdez Scantling or uh, Michael Harmon to take deep shots with, and obviously, of course, Chad Kelsey. So they, they got a bunch of receiving weapons. Uh, let's see how they use them. But, I mean, the Chiefs are right up there. You know, they're going to be in contention uh, for the Super Bowl announce round. And I do think Tony can – like, Tony, all these guys might could be the biggest X factor of all the guys that was traded just because of his skill set and for the price they got him. Possibly. I mean, it's just the team he's on. Basically, he could be the biggest X factor. But y'all, did you also see that the – Chiefs were pushing hard for a Josh Allen, Bradley Chubb type trade. Of course, Bradley Chubb wasn't getting traded in a division. Um, I never saw that. They were pushing hard for Josh Allen, the edge rusher. With what money? I'm so confused, dude. The Tyreek Hill money. Tyreek Hill money. I mean, I guess. I don't know. All right. Next trade. Uh, this was a buzzer beater. But Naeem Hines went to the Buffalo Bills. Zach Moss in return to the 
Colts. And supposedly Raheem Hines, after the season last year, he kind of said he wasn't too happy with this role. Uh, he kind of wanted some more touches. Thought he would change this year and kind of requested a trade uh, out of Indy. And they did him right, sent him to Buffalo, one of the best offices in the NFL. And I think it's a good fit. They kind of been looking for the receiving back. They wanted J.D. McKissick in the offseason, agreed to a trade, then backed out. Uh, they called about McCaffrey. Obviously, McCaffrey's a different beast. They called about McCaffrey. And I think they were trying to get – there's one other running back there. They called about Kamara as well. Kamara, yes. Yeah. So they were looking for a receiving back. And Naeem Hines is a very good third-down back. He's He could be a bit of a slot receiver in too, although I don't think they need to play that role. But I think it's a good fit with uh, the Bills, especially for what they gave up. No, yeah. I mean, there's no loss in it. Um, he's going to get have to get paid at the end of this season, I believe. Is he, that correct? Nope. nope. He's he's on the first year of a three-year contract. He's getting paid $6 million a year, which is 12th highest paid of all running backs. Sheesh. Oh, yeah, that is right. They paid him last year. But, I mean – I mean, It is a hefty contract for him. He's, got, he's, gone, he's going to a committee backfield, which he was already in. Uh, there's not a true star in the Bills backfield, so maybe he could take that over. But Singletary looks pretty solid from what I could see. Uh, so, yeah, it looks like he's probably going to be the third down receiving back, which is what he was with the Colts. I don't really understand the trade request, but, I mean, you do you. I mean, I feel like it, no one loses this trade. They didn't really give up much. Zach Moss in a fifth rounder um, for a guy they feel like could be their their, their receiving back. So, um, as the Dolphins fan, it scares me a little bit, uh, giving Josh Allen more weapons. But um, I feel like it's a fair compensation for the trade. And, you know, I mean, to be fair, we always see the um, the Bills. I don't know why I couldn't think of their team name for a second. We always see the Bills as a very pass-heavy offense. Mm-hmm. So it would be makes sense to have a pass a receiving back. But the Bills are actually the only team in the NFL this year to have over 100 rushing yards in every single game. It's kind of surprising. It's Josh Allen. It is a lot of Josh Allen. Although Singletary, like we've said, has been putting in work. And Naeem Hines can run if you give him the ball. So He just needs space. I guess yeah. he's space. He's going to hit it. Very fast. And he's pretty physical for his size as well. Yep. All right, let's see. What do we got here? Uh, James Robinson got traded to the Jets. That was a very surprising trade. No. At least when it happened. It's not as surprising when you think back at it, but when it first happened, it's like, wow, James Robinson got traded for a for that pick? It's a little surprising. I don't think it was surprising at all. Um, I feel like if, if you looked at the guy had one rush attempt the game before, um, and then Brees Hall went down, I think it was obvious that the Jaguars were trying to ship him. Um, I think it just happened perfect timing that the Jets lost their starting running back. Um, so it kind of just mushed together. I feel I, – because I, the week before he got traded, but w- the week before the Brees Hall injury, he had one rush attempt. ETN was clearly taking over the role of the starting running back, and it looks like they were, they put him on the trade block. And that week, Brees Hall tears his ACL. Sucks. He was having a great season, but uh, – it kind of was just a perfect mesh. I mean, they got him for basically nothing, um, and he's going to be the he's going to be the leading back probably now. Yep. And then we had William Jackson get sent to Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, they their secondary isn't the strongest. They the cornerback group. They get another corner. He was someone who was going to get cut if they didn't find a trade partner, but they found one. It was for a late pick, if I'm not mistaken. He got a fifth and, and seventh. Fifth and seventh. Mm-hmm. I don't really have too much thoughts. I mean, he goes to a situation that. It's probably better for him. Commanders get rid of him like they're going to either way. Just decent trade. I don't think it really changes anything with the NFL too much in terms of playoff impact, nothing like that. 
Yeah, no, it doesn't change much, but it is just – it's what the Steelers needed, DBs. And, I mean, Washington ended up getting some late-round picks when they were just going to get nothing for them. Yeah. Uh, next trade, I think this was a very underrated trade that happened a couple days ago. Uh, Jonathan Hankins going from the Raiders to the Cowboys. Jonathan Hankins, I think, fits very well with the Cowboys. He can uh, eat up the middle, let some of his edge rushers into Marcus Lawrence, Micah Parsons, uh, let them eat. And I think it will be very soft for the Cowboys who are going for a playoff push. Uh, they've been playing better than I thought they would this year. I think that defense has been better than I expected. But I think that he's going to, like I said, just eat up the middle. He's going to, you know, allow them to have a chance in the NFC this year to make a potential Super Bowl push. I mean, yeah, no loss, no foul. So as a result of this uh, trade, they ended up cutting Tristan Hill, their former second-round pick. So – uh, there's not much to say about it. They they wanted Jonathan Hankins. They got him for basically nothing, and it's a good fit. So it's not much to talk about on that trade, but good for the Cowboys to just continue to get better on that defensive front. I don't remember how long did this trade happen, but Deion Jones to the Cleveland That happened Browns. months ago. I think that happened before the season started. He was on IR. That didn't happen before the season. I don't even know if we talked about it before, but it's on this list. Uh, has he played a game yet with the Browns? I really yeah, he got a sack this week against Joe Burrow. You got a sack. Yeah, I was I was like, who's 53? And they go, Deion Jones. I'm like, oh, yeah, they did get Deion Jones. He just completely went under the radar, and nobody talked about it. It just happened. The guy was an all-pro linebacker at one point. He just completely went under the radar on the trade. Yeah, I mean, he his play fell off. I mean, there's a reason why the Falcons traded him. But, I mean. And injuries. Yeah, injuries as well. We'll see. I mean, the Browns have a pretty decent linebacking group. Uh, well, they had a decent one, I know. Uh, Anthony Walker, I believe, is done for the year. They have Jeremiah Wilson Caravella there. So they have some decent linebackers there. Overall, I mean, let's see how he plays. It's been a while since he's played at a high level. Yeah, it has been. Uh, he's definitely lost a step, but I mean, he, he got a sack this year. Maybe that'll, maybe that'll give him some some motivation. Robbie Anderson is an Arizona Cardinal. That happened about two, three weeks ago. But like I said, it's been a while since we've been here. Uh, he hasn't played too much. Uh, but, you know, DeAndre Hopkins is back. He's been eaten. He's a good player to put next to him who can be a deep threat. When Hollywood comes back, though, I mean, Arianza really hasn't played that much for them in the two weeks. So I don't know what his role is really going to be. I don't know if it's going to expand at all over the next few weeks. But, I mean, he's a decent player, and I think he's a, he can be a good fit uh, next to Kyler if he plays. He's probably going to take the A.J. Green role uh, from what I'm getting out of it. Um, yeah, but yeah, he's played two weeks and he has four targets. So uh, he's not really getting used much in an offense that's seems like when they traded for him, they said, Hey, actually, let's start using Rondell more. <laughs> so, uh, he's kind of turned in already to the wide receiver three there, and Marquise Brown's on IR. So, once that comes back, he's probably going to turn into the AJ Green wide receiver four role. Yep. And then there's a few more trades. Jacob Martin goes from the Jets to the Broncos, he's kind of going to fill in for Bradley Chubb as an edge rusher, uh, nothing too much to say. Martin's decent, but not much of a big impact trade to me. Mm, role player. I, I didn't even know that trade happened, so thanks for telling me. Uh, Rashad Fenton went from the Chiefs to the Falcons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't understand that one at all. He he was having a solid year. I know they had to activate McDuffie, but he didn't seem like the guy that would be on the bubble to get cut. You know what I'm saying? Maybe it's a salary so move for a potential wide receiver like Travis Kelsey's contract restructuring. Uh, a salary move? Hey, I don't remember Rashad Fenton getting that big ass contract extension. I'm pretty sure he was a rookie. I 
I have no idea. I'm just trying to put two and two <laughs> together because I because I don't know it. It didn't make too much sense to me either way. But you know, just gotta put out some hypotheticals there. And then the last trade, but certainly not least, uh, Dean Marlowe from the Falcons to the Bills. It just seems like the Falcons are. They, I mean, the Falcons had to get rid of a DB. They got. Rashad Fenton. <laughs> so I don't know. It just seems like the Falcons were just sitting there and just taking the, the bottom feeder calls. That's what it seems like, at least. It'll be decent depth for the Buffalo Bills as they are probably, would you call them Super Bowl favorites right now? Yeah, no doubt. No doubt? No doubt. I don't care. The, the, I'm, I'm not saying the Eagles are bad. They are the best team in the NFC, but fuck if they play somebody good, I'd be, I'd be happy as shit. They don't play. <laughs> Anybody, I didn't even notice that schedule before the season started. It's so bad. Yeah, it, they, the best team they play is the Titans, dude. Oh, the Cow- Cowboys slander. Actually, they played the Vikings in there. Didn't they play the Vikings? Yeah, they played the Vikings. I mean, the Vikings looked terrible that game. They did play the Vikings. I didn't. I never liked the Vikings. I don't care if they're six and one. I don't think. I still don't think they're crazy. They're gonna make the playoffs, but they're not great. Uh, they'll lose to the Colts when they play against Sirianni's former. It probably will because they almost lost to Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. All right. So that is it for the trades. Uh, it was, a, like I said, very eventful trade deadline. And it's not too much more to talk about with the NFL today. I mean, well, there's plenty to talk about, but no more that we're going to get to today. But there was some recent NBA news that happened that I feel like we should just jump into. So the head coach for the Brooklyn Nets, or I should say former head coach of the Brooklyn Nets, Steve Nash, was fired. We know the Nets are probably the center of drama in the NBA. We have some, we've also know about the Kevin Durant situation from over the offseason, where he actually said, fire Steve Nash and Sean Marks, and I'll stay. Uh, he ended up kind of being, I guess, forced to stay anyways. But Steve Nash was recently fired after almost blowing a 24-point lead to the Indiana Pacers. Uh, the other day, and I mean, Kevin Durant said that he was shocked to happen. He just turned on ESPN after taking a nap and saw he was fired. Jack Vaughn is the interim coach for now. It supposedly seems like they will hire a former uh, or current. It, it's not finalized yet. I mean, Sean Marks in a press conference last night said that nothing's happened yet. We mm-hmm. also know people say that all the time in press talk. Yeah. But it looks like Amidoka will probably be hired as the Nets head coach. He is currently under contract with Celtics, but they seem willing to just let him go. Not even try to get any compensation back for him, which I think does say a lot, in my opinion, about what they believe with Amidoka right now. Celtics, dude. The roster's good. The roster will build itself. They don't need Ime Udoka. I don't feel like the coach is the guy that makes it the whole difference, especially in that situation. Uh, head coach means quite a bit in sports. A lot no, I people. agree, but like not that, not that team. I don't I, care. I just think that Amidoka, with no scandals with him right now, is a perfect guy to put into a locker room that has no culture problems at all, right? They have no locker room issues right now. We don't have Kyrie Irving posting stuff on Twitter that we aren't going to get into. We don't have Kevin Durant, who basically has already said he doesn't want to be there. You know, there's Ben Simmons who still refuses to take a jump shot. It's, I mean, he's as, having as back injuries every time he runs a straight line. Yeah, I mean, 
and we don't have uh, bench players like Cam Thomas going on Instagram and change his bio to free CT. Like, there's there's a lot going on in Brooklyn. But yeah. let me tell you this, man. That Steve Nash thing, it was just – it's bad for Steve Nash, what they put him in. And, and I'm not defending Steve Nash. I don't think he's a head coach. But Steve Nash's first role as a head coach, you threw him in a system that didn't need really – oh, my God, that's Steve Nash. He could teach me a lot. Like, you threw him in a system that had Kevin Durant, one of the best players of our generation. Kyrie Irving, who's proven, has a ring, has proven he's one of the best point guards in the league when, when playing. And Steve Nash said it himself to Sean Marks when they, they parted ways. It doesn't feel like they're they're listening to me. They're not taking any of my advice. Why would they? The players have already proven themselves as good players. Uh, they're, they're big heads. They are, and it's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. They have the right to do that. Steve Nash was trying to be the role model when that's not a team that needs a role model. That's a team that needs a coach to put the places, the, the pieces in place, just like the Cavaliers with LeBron James, Ty Lue, uh, David Blau, whatever his name was. They didn't need it. They didn't need a guy that was going to role model and coach the players up. They need a guy that's not going to take shit from them. Um, gonna, gonna give them their role and win games. And he just wasn't doing that. He felt like he needed a more, a verbal role. He need, Steve Nash. He wants to be a head coach. He needs a younger team. Point blank period. He needs. He needs a. He needs a Thunder. He needs a Jazz. He needs a a team that's rebuilding. He doesn't need the guys like Kevin Durant. He doesn't need the big. You don't. You don't need a top three player. That's that's basically what I'm saying. Kevin Durant's better than Steve Nash. Steve Nash has nothing to coach Kevin Durant. I uh, let me see. So I don't know if Steve Nash is a good coach. No, I don't think he's necessarily a good coach. But I don't know. I mean, he's in that situation yeah. with Brooklyn, which which has been just chaotic from the start, right, with everything. Yep. But, I mean, how many games has he even had Kevin Durant and Kyrie play? You know, I think they I, – I don't even know if it's been 50 games in total that both of them played in the same game, right? And even when it was KD, Kyrie, and Harden when was there, they never played more than 15 games together, the three of them. Yeah, I don't know how – like, how do you – like, don't get me wrong. The Nets roster is amazing. But how do you fuck that up? I mean, injuries, you know, the whole COVID situation with Kyrie Irving. It's it's a whole lot. And, like, it's hard to know, is Steve Nash actually a bad head coach? Or does he just not really have a real chance to prove anything? I, I think it's more of the second option you said. He didn't have a chance to prove anything. You can't really go in there and teach those guys. And when you have these young guys like Cam Thomas and Nick Claxton, just examples, they're seeing these, bi- these big players – LeBron type players, Katie and Kyrie, that don't need coaching, which of course they like not not in that sense, but they, they don't need uh, to these players to be told what they need to do. They know what they need to do. They've done it for the last decade. So Steve Nash, I don't, I don't I'm not saying he can't coach because that's just bullshit. You can't just sit on a podcast. I'm in my living room in Florida saying he can't coach. Uh, I just think he needs more of a role where it's younger players that could actually learn something from him. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, the, the Nets, they're, they're just a whole mess right now. They are. It's its hard to judge anything. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, there, there's just so much going on right now, so much stuff that I'm just not willing to get into with the Nets. I, I, I said this to you, I said this a couple months ago, that I said I don't think stuff's over. Like, for example, the KD trade situation. I don't think it's over. Like, you look at how the Nets are right now. Let's it's see not. what happens with the head coach. 
I I still wouldn't be surprised if KD is on a different team by the end of the season. I just wouldn't. Well, I mean, this season I would not say that they have Ime Udoka, who's quote unquote a better coach, but I, it's going to be potentially. Same. Potentially, I mean, yeah, Udoka. I think it's going to be him. I mean, they made it pretty clear it's going to be. So if it's not my fault, but if it's Ime Udoka, it's just going to be the same thing. Like, uh, what's the difference between Kevin Durant and Jason Tatum? Jason Tatum's twenty four. He hasn't uh, doesn't have a lot of experience, but he's going to be a top five player in the league. I, I, I mean, Doka is a last year was at least was a very good head coach. I mean, but at the I, same time, I mean, it took a while for people to buy into a system, right? right. Like they started, they started off, off terrible. Season. Yeah, start off terrible, and also, I mean, I just have a hard time to believe. I mean, will the NBA step in at all to do some type of uh, penalty for not even just I mean, Doka? I'm, I'm still. Uh, interested to see if they're doing about Kyrie Irving with his uh, actions as of late, but will they step in and put any type of discipline, or are they just going to let Ivy Doka step in? When obviously the Celtics put the self-impose one-year suspension on Ivy Doka, would the NBA step in at all, or do some type of investigation on their own if a move like that does happen? I'm interested if that happens. Well, that's that's none of that's none of our business. But as far as as far as the, the, if I'm the Nets GM, just blow it up. You've got so many assets that just have signed with you in free agency. You've been blessed with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Don't get me wrong. I don't think you can get much for Kyrie Irving right now. But Kevin Durant, you know what you can get for Kevin Durant. You can get a star player in hella picks. You could start a franchise with that. Do it. Don't. It's obviously not working, especially if Ime Udoka comes in there and it doesn't work. You have the assets right now to make a God squad young team like the thunder don't don't waste it you, you don't don't take too much time thinking Kyrie, uh ben simmons kevin Durant. It, it just won't work it won't you have a top three player in the nba right now can yep. you really tell yourself yes blow it up? yes I don't, I don't think you can yes i can Especially also when he has four months. years up in his contract don't care gotta blow it up that that's what makes him so valuable zach the more years he has on his contract, the more valuable he is. Yeah, but obviously nobody met those trade demands in the offseason. I, I fully believe the Celtics offered Jalen Brown and picks. Yeah, they said that wasn't enough for him. That's enough for him. They need to go back to that trade and get that. That's enough for him. I promise you that. That that offer is off the table at this point from the Celtics. Uh, I doubt it. I doubt it. If it's for Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant's not really causing a problem. All he's done is said he doesn't want to play there. He said that before the season. He hasn't really done anything else. He's been quiet. He that's what he does. He's quiet. He he just hoops. That's what he does. He just hoops. He's just a hooper. Point blank period, man. Thirty right. points a game, man's insane. And you said you want to talk about something else. You said you want to talk about Minnesota, something like Minnesota. that. Minnesota. Um, everybody's getting they're getting a lot of slander for the Go Bear trade. Don't get me wrong. We all know they lost that trade, but Go Bear is not the reason they're losing, man. I've watched. I've had the pleasure of watching some Minnesota games recently because they play late. Um, and the problem with that team is, you get Rudy Gobert to play center. What does it do? It kicks Carl Anthony Towns out of the five spot. The guy doesn't have to sit in the paint anymore. Carl Anthony Towns is the problem on the Timberwolves. Point blank period. He is the problem on the Timberwolves and needs to be traded. He's 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 an elite talent, and it, and this is a hot take. No one, no one's gonna say, Pat, you're gonna just want to trade him. Yes, you, this guy comes down, he brings the ball down, he he iso balls, he shoots three pointers, which he'll hit, but he's 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 trying to play point guard when you have 
D'Angelo Russell, who's already a very good point guard that can do all those same things and facilitate the ball. Anthony Edwards, who's going to be one of the better scorers in the league in the next few years. And you have Carl Anthony Towns, that's supposed to be the power forward, sitting in the corner, whatever, sometimes isolating because he's got that skill. Not saying he doesn't have that skill, but he is messing up all rotations. The guy's coming down, dribbling 30 dribbles, trying to get open, contested or not, shooting the mid-range, shooting the three. Like, he is messing that team up. So what I'm asking you guys to do, if anybody watches this and you, Zach, watch a Minnesota game and tell me I'm wrong. Like, Carl Anthony Towns is the problem in Minnesota right now. He's not wrong. He's Carl Anthony Towns. He's he one of the most unique problems. One Zach. of the most unique players in the NBA. He's the best shooting big man possibly For sure. all the time. And For sure, but he's he not doing his role. Did, they took him out of his role. We knew that he isn't a primary four. Now, Jerry Vanderbilt was kind of a five at times last year for the Timberwolves, especially on offense. Jerry Vanderbilt played that role for them a lot. And I mean, that's and the big thing with the Timberwolves is their defense really hasn't gotten better with Gobert. Like, it hasn't made much of a difference defensive impact wise. Now, if you're training anybody, you're going to get rid of Gobert again. Now, obviously, a GM's not going to do that because. You know, it makes it look like, oh, we made a bad trade. But you don't trade away Carlton Towns. He's one of the 20 best players in the NBA. He's one of the most unique offensive skill sets in the entire NBA. You don't trade that up. You Especially, trade Cat. You, no. no. Why, why would you trade Cat over Gobert? Because he's not doing his role. Gobert's not out there dribbling the ball. Gobert's sitting in the paint waiting for missed shots to get the rebounds, waiting for – uh, players to run at him on defense. He's staying in the paint, doing his job, blocking shots, getting rebounds. Has he not been doing it at a high level? Yeah, but he's doing his shit still. He's still getting his rebounds, still getting his blocks. Carl Anthony Towns is messing that offense up. Like, don't get me wrong, I agree with you. He's one of the most rare elite talents, and he could be the best four in the league, zero doubt, if he played it correctly. Ooh, best not four in the league. He could be. What, you're going to say Giannis? Okay, he's a he's a three four whatever. Yeah, Giannis is the best player in basketball. I'm not fucking debating that, but he's not playing his role, and that is why they are losing. You have D'Angelo Russell, who's a great dribbler of the basketball, facilitates, can get hot, shoots a lot. You have Anthony Edwards, who's the my my opinion. I know whatever people think, he's the best young player in the NBA in my opinion, and who's a scorer and talks shit a lot. Kermit Wiltz. And then you have Carl Anthony Towns, who, don't get me wrong, is not a bad player. He's a great, rare, elite talent. But on that team with Rudy Gobert pushing him out to the four, the guy's not doing four stuff. He's not sitting in the post asking for the ball 24-7. He's not sitting on the three-point line just waiting, waiting to shoot the catch-and-shoot three. He's coming down with the ball when you have two ball-dominant guards dribbling 30 times. And I've, I'm not even kidding. I've seen him do I watched two games in their entirety, like full. Uh, two two games. No, I, I watch other games, just not full. So I watch two games, first to fourth quarter. And he's just like, if they're down five, he's coming down there and dribbling 30 times as a point guard with D'Lo and Anthony Edwards just sitting on the wings and just ISOing 10 times in a row. Make Is he making half the shots? Yes. But he's 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 not doing his role and it's messing up rotation of the offense. I'm telling you, I'm not saying he's a bad player. It's not what I'm here saying. I'm just saying, as far as that system, he's the reason they're losing. He if, is the reason. If you are trying to say that he shouldn't bring the ball up, that's a coaching thing. That's not a player thing. Him 
causing Towns to bring the ball up. And I mean, they are getting – Bam brings the ball up. He doesn't dribble 30 times and try to create a mid-range shot. He doesn't do that. And another thing is they aren't getting to the paint. They aren't getting inside the paint. And part of that is, I mean, you don't really have to worry about Gobert on offense. I mean, he's a, he's a rim roller, but the paint's collapsed. I mean, look at Ant's numbers. He's not able to get inside the paint a lot this year, and it's causing struggle. I mean, he's he, I mean, he's still shooting all right, but he's not able to get inside the paint to kick out to other shooters, like a kick out to Carl Anthony Towns, kick out to D'Lo. D'Lo's not getting to the paint. Carl Anthony Towns, if he wants to post someone up, where he's very good at, he's going to get a quick double because of the guy guarding Gobert or possibly uh, McDaniels, who's in uh, somebody's mm-hmm. going to double off him. I mean, it's a bit of a personnel. We knew that go bear trade was a big risk. You're hoping that it turns your defense elite. No, Crosstown should not be guarding other fours, depending on the four at least, because a lot of these, a lot of teams are playing small at the four position, yeah. and he's not going to be able to keep up with them. That is a personnel thing, not a talent thing. And you don't trade a unique talent like Carl Anthony Towns away. That is a building block for the team. He's not a building block. He could be. The guy is elite, hundred percent. I he's an all star caliber player. He's a seven footer that can dribble, an amazing elite shooter. I'm not shitting on his skill. <clears throat> I'm saying the role that he is doing right now is messing the rotation up of the offense. Is the reason why they fall down by 15 points and try to fight back every game. I'm not saying he is a bad player. He is just the reason why they're falling behind. He's not doing what his position needs to be doing, especially with Anthony Edwards, D'Lo, and Rudy Gobert, who just sits in the paint. He's not doing the right thing. Point blank, period. Just watch one game and tell me I am wrong. You're, you're, you're wrong on that. You're, you're wrong. wrong. Watch the game and tell me I'm wrong after it. and then I'll I've seen Tim Bulls games. They, they just aren't playing well. I mean, they like I said, they aren't getting to the paint. Gobert is because, the because paint. one of their big men's is fucking sitting on the three-point line dribbling. That's why they're not getting to the paint. You're right. That's not the main reason why. Uh, but that, that's just, we can have discussion discussion on a later date again. But that's going to do it for this podcast. I hope you guys did enjoy. If you guys did, make sure you guys go ahead and leave a five-star rating on our podcast and Spotify. And if you guys are on YouTube, make sure you leave a like and subscribe. See you guys. See you later.